0: Welcome to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast with your hosts, Jason Fernandez
1: and me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. boxes. Welcome to the Best Hour of Your Day. Welcome back to Best Hour of Their Day. We are all here. The gang is here, if you will. We are amidst the CrossFit Open. It goes without saying, I am winning. I am winning on the leaderboard. What is that face you're making, Katie? What you a- can see that. You know, oh, if people are watching is- on
0: YouTube. What exactly you are you that winning? Yeah, what are is, you winning? Is the first question. And well, look, is, is it winning first. if I do not participate in the first round?
1: Look, here's the deal. As you know, we're live. So for the listeners pleasure, I'm pretending like it's actually live. And I think we all are understanding. I will most likely be in the lead live
0: every time you say the- that. I think of Princess Bride when he's just like, you keep saying that word. I don't think it means what you think it
1: means. They need to do a Princess Bride remake, by the way. That's a good That'd one. Great. Okay. Ten, who would be ten, ten series? God, fuck. I just, oh, Fern- sh- I just
0: said we shouldn't do this. I was going to go would, in. Who would be the lead?
1: Okay. So you talk about Wesley, Prince Wesley?
0: Correct. He was, in fact, the lead of the movie. Yes.
1: Ooh, you know who would be great? I'm going to say it. You guys are going to you're going to be like, you're absolutely right. You just nailed it. And I'm telling you right now, this Will is going to get picked up. No, nope, it's not Will Ferrell. <laughs> That's a good one, though. I'm going to say it and you're going to be like, nailed it. And, and then, I'm, then please say it. Netflix is going to pick this up. And I want best hour to get a percentage of it. And more specifically me when I say best hour, um, Ryan Reynolds. Oh uh, yeah, both of you are giving me the, you nailed that one. I know it because he's a, funny. He's a good a looking good dude. Yeah. He would be great. Um, so Just Brian, if you're listening from what I understand, you're a big listener of uh, the best hour podcast, the mountain,
0: the mountain would have to take place of Andre the giant.
1: Oh, you got the mountain. Yeah. Um, or what's the strong Eddie, Eddie hall.
0: He's not big enough. He's big. Don't get me wrong. But he's not like under the giant was it was literally a giant. But the Melon lost
1: quite a bit of weight for his boxing career.
0: Right. But he's still like 610. I'm going to
1: throw a loop in this. I'm going to throw a loop in this for I'm going to let me just do this. If you don't mind. OK, here's how the here's who is going to be the mount. Uh, Fezzik. What's his name? Fezzik, I believe. Fezzik.
0: Yeah, Francis, he's going to be a New and,
1: Francis Ngannou, the UFC heavyweight champion, because here's the deal. Cancel culture. We got to throw some different races. Like, it's not going to be an all white cast like the original Princess Bride. We're throwing in some, you know, different things going on. You so know, he's going gotta...
0: to be in place of Andre the Giant.
1: Yeah. And he's got a little bit of an accent in there. So he can do the, anybody want to pickle? Like, we can still have that funny line. Um, Katie, I'll, I'll throw this. Who's going to uh, be that guy? Who's going to be that we got to figure
0: out. Actually, I like, I, you know, who would be a great? I got it. I got hold it. on. Hold on. I know Paul Are we Giamatti. Be a... Paul Giamatti.
1: Okay. He's good. He's a good one. I was going to go Danny DeVito, but I think Paul no, Giamatti, Paul would Giamatti be is a better.
0: Yeah, he's you like better. him because of
1: billions. You creepy guy.
0: Uh, no, I no, do I like don't. billions, but I don't like him because of billions. Um, but no, but he fits that role perfectly. Actually, he
1: would be great at that. Okay, yeah, so we got know. Paul Giamatti. Who's Buttercup, Katie? You throw out Buttercup. Hmm. Katie's googling Princess Bride right now. She's like, What's "No, it? I've seen she the Princess Bride." I was, the, I don't know one movie. She knows. <laughs> I was looking. Who's going to be a... Palumbo? <laughs> Who's going to be the dad reading the book? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, right. That can be you. You know what? I'll go. I'm, dude. I've got this. Fred Savage is the grandfather. Is the
0: grandfather. All
1: these years later. Come on. You know what it is, and it's like a sequel. It's like now Fred Savage is passing it forward. Oh man, we. Yeah. I'm going to this Nego? out there. An, Let's stop Nego coaching Australia. affiliates. Let's who's get full steam into just, the Who's going to be in your month, Toya? You stumped me on this one. Let's yeah, think. This is a tough one, actually. I don't watch enough movies, to be honest, to, to keep up with this.
0: Oh, uh, you know who it could be? Although I think he's kind of a weird... Um, uh, oh, my God. The dude who plays Mandalorian.
1: Um, I know you. I mean, I know the face. I can't I, think of his name. Is he good uh, enough? I don't... I. I Quite honestly, didn't I thought he January. was?
0: He's been he's been in quite a few movies, but he was good and Pedro think, Pascal. Yeah, yeah, Pedro Pascal. I think uh I, he was it Triple Canopy? No, something like that. But um anyway, Triple Frontier. He was good in that. Um and then he's been in a couple other movies, but he kind of has that like vibe. And you need, you need a, a little bit of, of like, an
1: accent, like a little yeah. Yeah, he's he's a Spaniard, of course. Like, okay, so we got that. We got is do we name a Buttercup yet? No.
0: No. Katie had one job. She not got any.
1: What about the girl? Like what about actress. the um? Who's the girl from Stranger Things? Like the one who in the I've I've not watched the most recent series or uh, seasons. There's another one the, coming out by the way. But she has the shaved head in the early ones.
0: Oh, because uh, she's
1: like no. a little older now. She's old enough to be a princess.
0: Yeah, but I no, I don't, I don't. I don't. That's not a. I don't think that'd be a good role for her.
1: No, no good. No. Is she not a. Tr- um, I don't know what she looks. No, like. it's
0: not that. I just like I, like her. I don't think her like that's not like her persona. I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't know who that would be. Um, hmm. Ooh, a Scarlett Johansson could do could do a good Isn't job. Isn't she too
1: old to be the princess? I think she's too old.
0: Who cares, Scarlett Johansson?
1: <laughs> what about okay? Last two, still last two, and a good. Act. We need. We need a. The Billy Crystal role and his wife. Oh, the. Uh... Oh, and then the bad guy who killed Inigo's father. Right. Yeah. I think what? you could go comedic on listeners? that. Like you a, just, like a Will Ferrell. Okay, yeah. yeah. We list want list to hear list. the buttercup. I'm going to Butter- go Will yep. Ferrell for this six-fingered man. I like your call on Will Ferrell earlier. Like, he's funny. Like, he, that that could be a humorous role. So. Well done, team. Right. We, dude, I'm just saying. I'm saying. I believe. On to coaching, and I believe we just nailed this. I think that was the, the most productive we've ever been. To be quite honest, for
0: you, for sure. That's not. Even I've
1: never issue. lit up and been that excited about work not at once. all. Yeah, <laughs> about anything for that matter. And I um, think I nailed it. I think the listeners, if you disagree, let's. We want to hear your roles, Katie. Here's what I want from you for this episode: picture of the Princess Bride, my face, Fern's face, your face on there. Throw us the modern day uh, characters. And then, make that
0: meme work or, okay. and then make that meme where Jay says, and we're live, and it goes, you keep saying that word, and I think it means what, it, what you think. Going it
1: back to that, I'm assuming by the time the listeners hear this episode, I'm winning the CrossFit Open. First place.
0: In the world. In the
1: world. I'll take that that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but let's, I want to talk a little bit about it. Every year the you know, the CrossFit open has mm-hmm. movements that are challenging, right? We, we saw the list of equipment. We've already seen the first workout at this point. There's always going to be movements that are a struggle for some coaches to coach.
0: Wait, we've seen the first work. Oh, meaning by the time this podcast, like,
1: I have, yeah, follow along, follow along. We're yeah, live.
0: Well, it's hard. It's hard to follow your random thoughts. 80
1: and right. I are live. You're um, behind. Past, tense. Past yeah. tense. That's like the space balls so we're live now like no. what's live?
0: When, when did it happen just now.
1: <laughs> just now but for you know whether it's the open or just when you were beginning i mean granted you are a regional athlete division one you probably never experienced this i did katie maybe you can speak a little bit on it as well but i know we get a lot of questions from our listeners about coaching movements that either they just flat out can't do yet or struggle to do now it is my contention Whenever I say the word contention firm, what do I think of? Contention? Yeah. I don't know. The, what is fitness lecture? Oh.
0: that's like the our, only other yeah. time
1: I use that word.
0: It is our contention. Though. It is our Here contention. Is, fittest, you,
1: fittest. is most uh, <laughs> balanced across all
0: 10 general physical skills. Um,
1: so anyway, the um, <clears throat> my contention is the people that are best at coaching those moments are those that struggle with it. Or at one point struggled with it uh
0: yeah so i don't know yeah i would i would slightly disagree in the sense that like they're struggling with it meaning i i would to 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 be said more succinctly probably people who had to work really hard to get it yes right sure. um just because they've had to work through the progressions they've had to work through the, the, the weird intricacies, the, you know, as opposed to the person who's fairly athletic gets up there and they're like, all right, so you just kind of get up in here and then you pull up to the top of the rings and you're there. And I'm like,
1: We're just you wind know, up on top of these rings, you know, yeah, like, something
0: like that. Maybe don't pole. do that.
1: Paul, yeah. do you hear me saying Paul? Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily uh disagree with that. I think, I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that, but people who, uh, who are forced to dive into the nuance, you know, cause like the, the counter argument to that is like a, a gymnast who's really good at it and has had a skill for a really long time, but is just, you know, a specialist in that thing doesn't fall in the category.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, and I used to hear this a lot when I worked with rip, you know, just the the people that we talked about it during the the seminars themselves, but Those, like you said, I think that's a good way to put it, that struggled to learn it, you know, that didn't just have a muscle up on day one or a handstand walk, et cetera, had to understand the details, the intricacies of it. And because of that, they're typically better suited to coach it. Like, and that's actually,
0: I think we're going down the wrong road and I, and I would like to, of course, correct.
1: You want to, you mean the whole entire business? You want to no, change no. the
0: business model? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you should have, you've, you should, there should be a guy outside cutting your grass, pretending to cut your grass, but he's going to serve you with <laughs> papers. Um, the, uh, no, um, so I see where you're going with this. I disagree because I think it's a nonsense excuse. And here are the people that struggle to teach the muscle up or any of those other skills. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh-huh the people who never coach the muscle up or those skills.
1: Fair enough. Can't argue with you. I can't argue with you on that. So what you're saying is it's not only a matter of like, Hey, you develop this skill as a coach by learning, but then also just time under tension. You could have a muscle up on day one.
0: And still be uh, bad at teaching it.
1: And still be bad at teaching it. You could also struggle with muscle ups on day one, get a muscle up and still be bad at teaching it. So at some point in time, nothing trumps, practice practice, Meaning and, practice and the coaching
0: doing it i think uh, uh you know denise and i were talking about this before uh or not before but this weekend about Denise
1: thomas a little name denise drop thomas yeah here. so uh
0: we were hanging out this weekend got to hang out with the boss man and uh, uh watch your he, feet
1: guys for instance dropping names yeah. so here we go who yeah. else you're hanging out with
0: cover up your toes everybody um Rich, <laughs> boss, you're talking
1: about adrian bosman my yeah. prediction for the, my yep. prediction for uh, programming who, did who he give you England? any insight
0: yeah, yeah which i'm not going to give you um but it's, he's like, it's definitely not going to go well for Jay. Um, <laughs> no, the, I uh, mean,
1: is he actually doing? Remember, we had Justin on, and I predicted he's programming the game. No, so be, I don't
0: like to mix personal and professional uh, in those settings. Um, so I did so not. You didn't go. talk
1: about CrossFit at all with bosses, but what you're saying? No, no, talk about fitness. Not
0: really. We talked about uh, we talked about good place to eat in Nashville. We talked about moving across the country. You know, the difference between you and I, Jay, is that I care. I care. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, where's um, what's the name of that spot? In now so the pharmacy. The pharmacy, right? So yeah. give give everybody a little peek behind the curtains when you work at Cookville. What happens for a seminar weekend?
0: Uh well, it's kind of different um every weekend, but typically so Cookville's an hour from Nashville. So Cookville is almost dead center between Nashville and Knoxville. And um, so you fly into Nashville, typically you just grab the rental car, you drive into Cookville,
1: which is unusual Not- too, in that all the trainers are waiting for each other. So a lot of times we might not see each other at all on Friday.
0: Right. Well, right. this one was weird in that sense because Janice got in earlier than I, so she, we both had rental cars, which is very odd yeah, um, or very un, un ordinary um, uh, or very out of the ordinary. Um, so anyway, for to five, Katie, I,
1: Katie was like secretly judging your grammar yeah, right
0: there. That's okay. Um, <laughs> the uh, I got enough of that for my mom when I was growing up, the uh, not so enough, typically, yeah, typically, typically Fridays, nothing, not a ton happens, but then Saturdays the whole crew will either go to dinner or sometimes we'll go to senior's house and hang out occasionally that? people. Uh, not this weekend, no, but senior did come and hang out. He came to dinner with us. Um, uh, rich Froning senior, not junior. So not the, uh, former game champion or current game champion, I guess. Um, so, um, but there are people there. We ran into Rory on Saturday morning, Rory McKiernan, and then, um, uh, and then who else do we see there? Um, yeah, and then it was myself, Denise Thomas, Donnie Forbes, both of which we actually all three of those people been on the podcast. Um, so that oh. no, was a good weekend. So then, uh, so then we drove back Sunday because we it's hard for most people to fly out at Sunday night and get home. So we stay in Nashville on Sunday night. So Denise reached out to Boz, and so we met up with Boz uh, and his wife for dinner on Sunday at this cool little spot. Uh, pelican and pig, I believe is what it was called, which by the way, killer and good call on this spot is like one of the best pork chops I've ever had in my life. And I'm not like a huge pork chop guy, but he was like, listen, it's legit. And for sure the best Brussels sprouts, Brussels sprouts I've ever had in my life.
1: Well, let me guess. They had bacon and sugar on them.
0: Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't care.
1: I mean, yeah, that's what yeah. when people like Brussels sprouts, they don't actually like Brussels
0: sprouts. Uh, no, this this had like a it had like a or well, I also like vinegar, but had like a like a, a pretty heavy like vinaigrette glaze on it, which was like, out, dude, it was out of this world good. Like I couldn't get over
1: how good it was. All right. It was good. All right. so, so anyway, so I do have we a, hung wait, out. I have a question before you go on. You, you go. Um, I saw in your stories like that coffee spot. Is that a part of the box now?
0: Yeah. So if you've ever been to CrossFit Mayhem, so they have the main gym floor, and then they've been there. They're just adding shit everywhere. So they have a classroom that's upstairs They have obviously have the retail area. But in that front area, it used to be just like a bunch of random offices and just rooms and stuff upstairs. And and most people have never even been up there. Um, But they've been redoing it for the past year. And it's a it's a full up and running very cool coffee shop. It's Buffalo Brew. Um they have somebody in there who like it's a like fold, a legit like,
1: coffee shop.
0: yeah, it's like you literally go in there and sit and and drink coffee and it's like a very cool vibe. it's amazing. Um, and then they're ex- they're expanding the outside. So if you've ever been there if you're looking at the if you're in the like the main parking lot on the side of the building, you're looking at the facility, like you're looking at the retail spot to the left, there used to be like an open slab. Well, that's covered now, slab rubber, but they're they're enclosing it. And they're going to make it essentially a different gym for their mayhem athletes to train with the recovery area. So, I mean, it's really cool to see um, what Rich has done, and you know, Rich and the mayhem team there, and um, and to see what they're creating there. And uh, it's a it's a textbook case in in really solid branding and uh, good G for uh, for an athlete to transition away from from the sport at some point. Like he's he's good to go, and it's really cool to see.
1: It could be good. Like people were concerned about uh, Rich's finance. Well,
0: I mean, I, it, not like this happens all the time in professional sports.
1: Yeah. Bankrupt. We've got I to watch the uh, 30 for 30, right?
0: Yeah. So um, it's, it's not uncommon. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about uh, what Rich has got going on with, you know, sponsor stuff like that. But, but the reality is like, it just like everything else, eventually uh, that stuff ends and, you know, he's built a lot of cool stuff there, you know, with their, uh, with their bison um that they have like it's it's cool like it's really cool and it's a cool vibe it's a lot uh, and i think while the space has been amazing it is a really cool space that they have there i think my personal opinion and this is not a shot at them at all like it's actually now starting to live up to its potential like before you're like man yeah, I mean, this is huge. big this is it's cool huge. but but now you're just like oh man you guys are starting to really s- you know kind of do what we would recommend for a lot of Felix is like you need to learn to really maximize this you're not maximizing it and that takes time right like this is not these are not small easy projects that they did by the way like these are you know legit legit projects and and major endeavors that they're that they're undertaking so good you know bravo to them like uh, I've always been a fan of Rich and Mayhem I think they're fantastic you know, um, ambassadors of CrossFit in the community, and they will only continue to be at this pace.
1: And for the record, affiliate owners, take care of business first. In other words, Rich wasn't doing this while he was making his run as four-time champion, just like you shouldn't be doing it. He was focusing on the main thing, which at the time was winning the CrossFit Games. Now he's opened up all these possibilities, and we have plenty of our clients that, you know, once their box is, you know, doing similar things on a different scale, you know? whether it's buying their land, whether it's new ventures, et cetera. I mean, do you think rich is probably done the most with his name recognition out of all the cross? I mean,
0: yeah, I think that's not,
1: I mean, I mean, Frazier's doing a lot, obviously he's got the nutrition company.
0: So anybody who's not watched the, so they Mayhem nation or whatever. I don't know really. They have like a couple different like sub brands there, but they, they released their documentary, which is undisputed on YouTube. So go watch it. It's, fantastic it's really well done the videography there is fantastic the editing is great uh rory does a lot of the voiceover so he's fantastic at that
1: rory's um, by the way fit looking dude right now bro
0: can like, we talk an, about that for a second i don't know what they're feeding people there in cookville but rory is jacked
1: dude He like I saw his already
0: video his- he's already annoyingly handsome but now he's freakishly jacked and it's even more annoying
1: katie is Rory handsome do you find him handsome? You made a look. He's not ugly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty. All right, handsome. we get it. Tyler's no, in no. the room Listen, next Rory,
0: Rory's, I, Listen, I have no problem saying it. like Rory's a handsome man. He grows. Uh, he grows uh, an insanely uh, aggressive beard. But and he's you're just, saying more he's, handsome
1: than me, Katie. When you say that,
0: for sure. The um, yeah, yeah, but no, but he's. But more importantly, he's a good dude. And um, but yeah, he's fit. He. I mean, he's just looking fit. I was like, dude.
1: Yeah. Man. No, I saw some. Must have been on his social media or something. I was like, dude, that dude's abs are jacked yeah, right now. Yeah, no, he's and the gray looks good. Like I'm excited to turn a little gray. I was thinking of, I went to jujitsu yesterday and this older guy's there and he's like a cowboy looking and I'm like, I'm excited to get a little gray in there because you're going to look like you get that cowboy um, look like like Rory has. Anyway, Fern, can we bring it back in? Do you mind? Do you want, do you want to bring it back?
0: Sure. You're the one that derailed it,
1: but Note who derailed today. Let's talk a little bit about it though. Like it's cool in theory to be like, cool time under tension, but let's, let's talk and I, I, let's, let's name a couple movements that would, we can classify here. The muscle up bar or ring. Let's just throw muscle up in there as both handstand, push up, and walking. Okay. You have another, and obviously I guess we're kind of, but I would even throw the Olympic lifts in there. I was going to say like oftentimes they're more gymnastic esque because you know, I was going to go that, with some
0: basic stuff that people but, are awful at teaching, like sumo, Elf, Typo, and Med Ball There
1: There's those as well. But I think typically when people ask us about it, they're referring to the movements where it's like black and white. Like, I cannot do that yet.
0: However, the criticism stands either way, because if agreed, you're avoiding agreed. one, you're probably avoiding many things. And um it's a problem, no matter what it is, because and this is this is the again the analogy to fitness is the analogies weakness. to fitness are yeah it's a weakness that if you fixed it would lend itself to you being better at other things. So, um, so for the level two, I taught the kettlebell swing. And at the end, but you teach the
1: day, the day uh, one the, workout.
0: At, yeah. I taught the day two workout. Cause it's uh it's switched. So oh it's,
1: yeah. it switched on. What should, was the workout? You so up, you should get up to date. Um, <laughs> yeah. Next time I work at level two. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so for, for the listeners that may not realize this, the level two is a little unique in that we have a heavy day planned where we have a few options, but you're kind of a little like, Hey, you're either doing a front squat, a clean or a clean and jerk the day two workout. The 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 person that's coaching your level two, in this case, Fern, actually creates the workout. So mm-hmm. what was the workout you created? It's
0: Three rounds of 12 bar muscle-ups, 24 kettlebell swings at 70 and 55, and 48 double-unders. So oh, 12, dude, that is horrible.
1: 48. That's a great programmed workout. That's terrible. Why'd you do that? You're, you're welcome. Uh, 12, 24, 24 48. 48. Yep. I like it. It's clean makes sense. Numbers wise makes sense. Also from a perspective of how much time you're going to be spending at each movement, mm-hmm. elegantly programmed Fern. and I think you should take over for cap
0: done. Uh, it's in the works. Um, Oh, Gary, just texted me. Um, no, the, uh, <laughs>
1: no, he's listening live.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you live. Uh, I do not know I think it means what you mean. Um, no. So I put that work on because the idea there is to teach something complex, but I also, I think it's beneficial. So there's two complex things and their Double unders are complex. The bar muscle ups is complex. Um, I'm not going to say that the kettlebell is not complex because that would not, do, that would not give it it's re- the respect that it deserves. Relatively
1: speaking, relatively it's not as
0: speaking to the other two movements. However, most people don't teach it. Um, so, um, so, the, and I want that, I wanted that workout to be hard. So that's a 10 to 15 minute workout if executed correctly. And uh, there's a lot of opportunity for, for correcting there's a lot of opportunity for seeing and it's a it's an effective way to expose people to intensity um because when people get done with that they're smoked i mean like even there's some good athletes in there and they're, they're they're just smoked afterwards so um that's why we that's why we'll tend to program things like that in the level two and you run a full class do a debrief on the lesson plan all that kind of stuff so um but my point with that is all of it is if. If you want to know what you should be coaching, do the hopper model. So, but you're you're not an athlete at this point. So, put a bunch of movements in the hopper. Which one don't you want to come out of the hopper to teach to a group of your peers? That's the one that you should start coaching. So, for me, the, the, it used to be the push jerk back in the day. If if the push jerk was on the agenda or on the lesson plan for the day, this is this is way back when I was sick that day because not coming in, I was like I was terrified to teach the push jerk. Um, because I, I hadn't yet really comprehended it. I gotten to to something that would, you know, resemble competence. Um, but now if you fast forward now, I, you can give me a, a group of random strangers out of the Chick-fil-A parking lot, and I will get them to do something that resembles a push jerk in less than 10 minutes. And then they'll look pretty good to be very candid with you. I have, I have full confidence in that. But you have to Why dive you, into those that's things and teach them.
1: I'm surprised. And, and the reason I'm surprised is, I think when a lot of people talk about movements they struggle with the push are clearly a complex movement. I mean, it's an Olympic sport, right? But it's also one that from day one, you have a progression. So Fern left us Katie let's, let's be honest. Like we were going to try to play this off. I do have to talk to somebody. So for those, and I think this is a perfect reason that people need to check out our YouTube channel. Cause you get to see this stuff like this, like Fern just getting yanked out of a live podcast. There he is. He's back. Anyway, what I was, what I was saying, Fern, is the push jerk from day one. You have a progression where, like, correct. as you do with the muscle up, to be quite honest. But,
0: well, least- it, it, the the push jerk is because there's a lot going on in the push jerk. let's not? What's not? Fool I don't ourselves. think you were
1: afraid of teaching. It was probably your ability to see and correct it.
0: Well, they're one and the same. Um, you know, be, to to suggest that they would be separate would suggest that you're not a level four. But the the point is <laughs> the point is the point is that that's where you need to figure out where you should do your you should unpack your coaching, whether it's a movement that you avoid because you can't do it. So then the assumption is that I can't teach it or that I can't look at it and assess it and improve somebody or create drills for it. Or just something I avoid because you know it's not cool or whatever. Dismissing all of the things that would lend itself to being a good, well-rounded coach. Yeah. It's something we bring up in the level two a lot too, which is, you know, if you're really ch- trying to get into the point where you consider yourself a strong coach, pick a movement. And then from there, my argument should be, you've got five minutes or you've got 50 minutes. It shouldn't matter. You should be able to fill it effectively. So, uh, and that's where I think that, that people need to re revisit their coaching skills. You know, if you're just like, Hey, you have 50 minutes to teach the air squat and they're, and they're done in two. And I'm like, wrong, you, you should, you should be able to fill that. Um, obviously that's not an absolute statement, depending on how many people you got that could get a little, you know, out of hand. But the point is like revisit it. And if there are things that you avoid, cause they're not in the programming, then get them into the programming. Don't overlook things that are simple by worrying about things that are complex, you know, start with the simple things that are that you probably overlook in your coaching, teach the rower, teach the bike, teach the ski erg.
1: that type of stuff, any monostructural, no one does Teach
0: running, you know, te- learn to teach all of those things, um, what it will do, uh, you know, unbeknownst to most people is it will improve your eyes. If you can, if you can learn to hone your eyes and your ability to see for simple movements, it, it does improve your odds for seeing and correcting complex movements. Um, and I think that's overlooked way too much. And, but it goes back to my earlier statement is that you're uncomfortable with the things that you don't ever coach. And the only way to get good at them is by coaching them. You just have to acknowledge you're not going to be very good at
1: it on the front end. And that's That's And to be transparent. Like if you're not good at them. And uh, from a fitness perspective, chances are many of your members aren't as well. So, you know, you might have one or two per class that can do these high skilled movements, such as a handstand walk or you know, muscle ups, the bulk of your class isn't able to. So they don't care that you can or can't do them. They just want to develop. And this is, I would say, true amongst everybody. No one really cares whether their coach can or can't. They care whether their coach can help them get Yeah. Them.
0: That's the running joke in the pull-up breakout. Be like, hey, who has a pull-up? Everybody raises their hand. I'm like, guess what? Nobody cares.
1: Yeah, nobody yeah, cares. They,
0: they, they don't care. They literally don't care. They care if you can get them a pull-up. So that's what, that's what is more important. Do I, do I understand the mechanics of the pull-up? Do I understand where somebody needs to focus on strength versus the technique portion You know, like, can I put those pieces together and give them a roadmap that would that would get them there while simultaneously developing both? That that's that's what good coaches do. You know, it's not necessarily like you can get up there and you can give the world's best demo. Who cares? It's it's not that relevant. Um, You could that's that's easily solved by grabbing somebody who does who can do it and have them show it. You know, Um, that's that's a that's a fairly simple workaround. I don't recommend it if you have the skill. I think you should demonstrate it, but. There's a time and a place for that, but if you struggle with those movements, it's because you've never taught them or you don't teach them frequently enough, and that's where you should start. And start by te- like, uh, I think Denise brought it up, she was you know, she was talking about just general warm She's and she said, What would be wrong with doing the Bergner warm up every day with a PVC pipe in your classes? Four minutes, uh,
1: nothing, you'd get really good at snatching,
0: right? That would be a terrible idea, right? But but mm. the point is you would teach it every single day at which point you would get better at teaching it. You'd get better at seeing it. You'd be get. You'd be, you'd get better at seeing it quickly. And therefore your the, your efficiency with getting through a complex movement starts to improve. Um, yeah. It's just, that's why it's not that you can't do it. It's that you're
1: not doing it. So walk me through, just said, so we give something really tangible. Mm-hmm. What'd you do for your, uh bar muscle up teaching and progression.
0: I had a couple of backups. So let's uh context right here. So the way the way you brief this matters and there, and there, and you can design this any way you'd like by the way. So depending on the workout and what you want to achieve, you might have some uh you might have like a different box of scaling options. Okay? So for this workout specifically because I didn't want a, a ton of hang-ups or um I wanted them to work on the pulling portion. So I didn't brief in the scaling options, any sort of like jumping muscle up. Now that doesn't mean people didn't do it, but I pulled those out and I had a handful of people do it. Those were one-off cases. Anybody else who was still working on the bar muscle up, I had them either do a pull up or a chest bar pull up. However, no butterfly was allowed. You could only do a regular kipping pull up because that mimics the actual regular bar muscle up. Okay. So. Um, I ran them through the level one progression because it was the second thing we did. We had already been on the jump rope for eight or nine minutes at that point. And then we got up onto the pull-up bar. We ran through the level one progression. I had them do pull-ups. I had them do chest to bar pull-ups. And then I had them, whoever was going to do that. We had, I had them progress into bar muscle-ups at which point now we have to figure out a couple of things. What's appropriate volume for some of these people. Cause it's a total of 36 in the workout, which isn't a small number. Um, and then there was a handful of people that were going to be doing chest-to-bar pull-ups and another handful of people that were going to be doing jumping muscle-ups. And I had one um, lady that was injured, Dina, who was going to be doing a single-arm ring row because she had a torn labrum. So once I got towards the end, this is when I start to refine and figure out, okay, you are going to be doing this. You're going to be doing this. There's 24 people in the class who probably had 12 different variations of that workout going on.
1: What, what was the most common? Just the
0: reps? Um, probably 50, 50 between reps and then, uh, a pull-up like some variation of a pull-up.
1: <clears throat> well, you know, and I, and I think that's really what it comes down to. Like what we're suggesting is muscle up, handstand walk. It really doesn't matter a coach it, but you know, obviously the next layer to that is have a plan for your coaching. The The hardest thing is going to be if assuming there's no one in your class that can do it, the demonstration, you know, mm-hmm. that always comes up and, and here's the cool thing you all have access to a million people that can do these movements on YouTube, on Google, right? Hey guys, we're doing bar muscle ups today. You guys, you know, you know, I'm working on mine. Here's what it looks like. Maybe you pull it up on the TV. If not, most people have seen it. And the truth is, if you haven't, you're probably not doing it anyway.
0: Yeah, so then, uh, and, and then other days on different workouts, I would really emphasize some variation of a jumping bar muscle up, but not for today. I've done that in many classes. So it's not either or it's and, and, and then we're just going to constantly revisit what the scaling options are going to be based on the workout. So I wanted minimal transition scaling options where they were going to start eating up time. I wanted them in and out. And I only really wanted the limiting factor to be like muscular fatigue, or they were just starting to get smoked. I didn't want them to have to do a bunch of, you know, resetting on the boxes or anything like that. So they had two uh, two of my older gentlemen doing a, a jumping bar muscle up because they had they had they had like one or two maybe in the bank on a good day. And then one of them tried to pull one over on me. He's like, Oh, I'm gonna do it on this box. And I'm like, Yeah, but you can flip it over at 20. Yes. He's He was like, Oh, this is hard. And I'm like, Congratulations, you've achieved the task. Um, so um, yeah, that's what we did. And we had a couple people, and then I had there was some teaching point in the end because we had a handful of people tear their hands, at which point, oh, you know, I, I gave always
1: tear on bar muscle-ups.
0: I gave well, I gave the class you know, some coaching at the end. I said, listen, don't do it. It's not worth it. I had, like, I stopped a couple. They're like, did you tear? And they're like, yep. And i am like, move on. I'm like, it's not worth it. If you feel that coming on in the middle of a workout, a tear on your hand is an injury. The end, not a significant injury, but it is going to impact your training for a week. So don't do it. If you feel it coming on, there's nothing wrong with stopping what you're doing. And then proceeding on in some other fashion, whether I change that to a strict pull-up or just a regular pull-up. Um, Barbell pull row. I
1: mean, lots of options. Whatever. But the right. point is like,
0: don't injure yourself. It's like, for what? It's dumb. And
1: bar muscle-ups are one of those movements that you totally feel coming on. It's like the skin's rubbing. I know about the got get loose. Reps, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you um, know that. And um, so that's what it, I told everybody. I'm like, don't do it. Like, And this I, is what you need to communicate to your athletes as well. Like, do not tear your hands it's not 2007 anymore. That's not cool. It's dumb. Don't
1: post it on Facebook, do it. Instagram. Yeah. It's funny too. It, imagine a similar scenario where like, Hey, we got a 5k today and I'm like 400 meters. And I'm like, man, my ankle is going to go like, I feel it. And your coach is like, keep running. He'd be like, my ankle is yeah. going to break dude. Like oh. I, what can I do? do and so, it. People, people will scale running to rowing because it's like, but it's hot out, you know? And then it's like, they're going to rip their hands on pull-ups and like, keep going. No, no, it'll be fine. I'm like,
0: it's definitely not fine. We need to talk about your definition
1: of fine. So Um, you've nailed it. But anyway, well, in summary, because we get this often, it's a great episode to pinpoint now where coach, the best way to get better at this is actually time under tension, but be, be smart about it. Have a plan, you know, write it out.
0: And practice those things. So if you're going to have a progression for bar muscle up, or you are working on, or you're trying to seal some, some double under progressions off the internet, practice them. You know, this is a major mistake is they, you pull out a progression off the internet, you don't practice it. And therefore you have no idea how long it's going to take. You don't know how the transitions are going to work. You don't know, you know, how many people are going to mess this up. You know, when we did the double under portion, I told, I told the whole group beforehand. I said, how many of you have double unders, like at least 80% of them raised your hand. I said, a hundred percent of you. Are going to get tripped up in this progression like you're going to struggle you know and as we get there we're like on the step two of the progression and like some of the fittest people in the group are just looking like you know have you guys seen that video of like afghan soldiers doing jumping jacks and was like ben's progression
1: ago? that he taught us at wad um
0: no I have like a different one that I use, but that's a good one too. Yeah. Um, but the, but the point is, is like that, the point is I'm teaching them how to, how to do certain things. And it's not about teaching them how to do double unders It's teaching them how to um, jump rope and like control their tempo and their speed. that They're better with a, regardless of what they're doing. Um, so that's the thing, but uh, I mean, I would say I wouldn't, I wouldn't get what I consider to be like pretty good teaching double unders until maybe three years ago. Because I put some time into it, I was like, "This what I'm doing is not sufficient. Like, I need to like really hone in on this and like look at posture and drills and timing and tempo and all that kind of stuff." Um, And then I'm like, "Okay, I'm pretty. I'm feel like I'm pretty strong at this now."
1: I would say double unders rowing is another example, like you mentioned, running, bike, where it's Super easy low. to fall back on. Like you guys know what you're doing. Hop on the bike, hop on the row, or grab your rope. Do you know? know? And no, that's the thing. They don't. But as coaches. We trick ourselves, we lie to ourselves and it's really just what you're suggesting. It's, you know, it's laziness on our part. And if you want to be a coach that regardless of what the movement is and regardless of if you have it in your wheelhouse or not, you can coach it. It's really simple. Have a plan, practice that plan, you know, and, and do it on repeat. And if you're only coaching and practicing and thinking about coaching during that one hour, especially if you're a part-time coach, you're going to plateau. You're going to be complacent. You're not going to develop. You, I mean, you know, it goes back to what both Fern and I have said numerous times when we were trying to get on seminar staff, the amount of times we coached to no one, you know, is probably more hours than most coaches have put in, in front of classes.
0: That's probably, that's probably not inaccurate. Yeah. So I think that's the first is practiced, obviously. And then I would even give you a better stretch goal. If you are coaching at a box and you need to like, Volunteer, take another coach's class unpaid, get on the floor for a day that has a movement that you are not good at and get out there and coach. But you need to get on the floor and you need to practice. Have a plan, figure out if you're going to teach a progression. What's the one to two things that you want to walk away from or that you want the athletes to walk away from that and really get in there and hone that skill, something that you struggle with or something that your athletes struggle with because it's a little bit harder to achieve, but you have to get in there. You gotta get your you've got to get your hands dirty. There is no other way to get better at that stuff. And has nothing to do with your capacity to do any of those movements. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Best Hour of Their Day podcast. We appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you in your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership. You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.